okay, I have an idea. This might be either brilliant or like stupid. You ready? Yeah. You know, like this is the greatest show. What if we interject podcast? So this is the greatest podcast show. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think we can get in trouble? With rights. I think I would like to get in a fight with Hugh Jackman and um, Pasek and Paul. I think I could take all three of them on. Could you imagine that side of the courtroom compared to our side of the courtroom? God, they have the whole cast: Kiala Settle, Zendaya. Oh, we could have Solomon, <laughs> Julia. <laughs> it would be powerful, though. Just our past. Day. Solomon being like your honor. He's our lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Solomon only watches Judge Karen like every day. It's coming out of his room, so like I feel like he's been preparing for this. Honestly, I would love to see Solomon play a lawyer. <laughs> Let's make that happen. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, we're doing The Greatest Showman, if you couldn't tell. I think it's time. I think this is a perfect film musical extravaganza for us. I feel very torn about it. (laughs) Because there's some moments I'm like, oh, this is really ridiculous. But some moments I'm invested and like got chills and like felt things. Oh, a thousand percent. The theme is very powerful. The cast is killer. Every song is great. I think the biggest problem is that the main character is the villain to me. Listen, <laughs> I was very interested in this. And I also, I don't want to brag, but I did do Barnum in high school. Oh, good, because I don't know it at all. Uh-huh. It is pretty much like the same story, but I I would say a little bit more factual. Okay. Zach Efron's character is is fictional. Mm-hmm. So that character's not involved. Like they don't have any added characters in Barnum. It seems to be all like actual people from his life. But like Charity, his wife is in it, and he does have the affair with Jenny. Jenny Lind in it. But Charity dies in <gasps> it in my role was I was the lawyer who comes out and I'm like charity is dead. <laughs> I was like the man in the in, in the, the Vita. <laughs> I've come to inform you. Charity Barnum <laughs> is dead. <laughs> dead. And then at the end of the musical, he meets Bailey, like Barnum and Bailey. And it's like, come join the circus like you wanted to when you were a kid. Hey, something like that. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Each act had a number, like Tom Thumb had a number that was like, being small is great. Like something like that. There was like an old woman who like pretend she was like, the oldest woman in the world. And then she would like get up and like kick and stuff. <laughs> I can kick. And it was a very long time ago. <laughs> this is like the very few things I remember. Just like my memory. And you did this in high school. So a high schooler was playing the oldest woman. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I would love to see that. I mean, I think it's on VHS somewhere, but I don't even know how to (laughs) show it to you. (laughs) I don't know how to watch those anymore. So, yes. So I was very interested after watching this, like I started looking up things about Barnum and I really wish I did it. Yeah, he's a nightmare. Bad person. He's the worst. And even like this version of him, this Hugh Jackman version, who's probably the most likable guy ever. You're like, this guy sucks. Yeah. They're all just like, we love you but you ruined our lives but you brought joy to our lives and it's like he's a con man and he's so insecure and fucking weird and he's using everybody yeah he sucks he went to like to the senate and like fought does not have contraception or something like crazy like that not like have he... contraception yeah should i look that up <laughs> to see if that's accurate did barnum <laughs> fight to stop contraception <laughs> Okay, Barnum. Let's see. I like that you gasped, but you didn't have anything. It just said his title. (laughs) 
Yeah, he supported the legislation to curb both the use of contraceptives. The law he fought to pass was used for 75 years. I hope he's burning in hell. <laughs> Sorry, that was intense. Oh, wait, once passed, the law was on the books, but was largely ignored for 75 oh, years. Oh, good, not fuck you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, you fucking asshole. Listen, don't listen to anything we're saying. <laughs> He still was about that life and fuck him for that. Yes, right. Exactly. Oh, like one of his first acts was an older slave <gasps> woman that he bought to pretend that she was way older than she was. Like he bought this woman and kind of made her be in his show. I hate him so fucking much. That's so evil. Yeah, he's kind of a psycho. Genuinely. And yet we get these biopics of him and I know it's fictionalized, but they do still present him as this real character. It ends with this quote from him like, the greatest gift you could give someone is joy. Like, I'm paraphrasing. Actually, no, he was a psycho. He was evil. Did we run out of good people to tell stories about? Like, make up a person. I don't care if it's a real circus person. Yeah, I definitely didn't need his name to be Barnum. You could have made him like Mr. Floppycock and I would have been about it. Anything. Yeah. Charlie Roustabout. <laughs> we just gave you two great characters. Like... <laughs> I don't even get it. And even when you're doing The Greatest Showman, like someone had to Google and look up that this man did all these horrible things. I mean, this wasn't that long ago they wrote this. It was like five years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Hugh Jackman was like, yeah, that's exactly the kind of guy I want to play. He's what I'm about. Okay, speaking of Hugh Jackman, I don't feel personally comfortable jumping into this until I know that you have good trivia on Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I feel like this could go well for me. <laughs> okay, so I have a little quiz. Oh, shit. I lost it because I looked up Barnum and Contraception. Hold <laughs> on. Take our quiz to find out whether you are as aware of Hugh Jackman as you think you are. Aware. Okay. <laughs> Why aware? <laughs> Listen, let's see if you're aware. I am aware of him. Okay. Hot shot. <laughs> <laughs> Right, no, that was me. I added that. Oh. <laughs> I felt like you were very cocky. <laughs> In which country was Hugh Jackman born? Australia. I did a really bad accent. That was, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hugh Jackman met his wife on the set of Corielli, Oklahoma, X-Men. That is it. The first one. It's so funny because the, they use three pictures and the picture of that one is the picture of him and his wife. <laughs> I really got to look into these quizzes better. Okay. <laughs> what university did Hugh Jackman earn his bachelor's of communication from? University of Technology, Sydney, Oxford University, University of New South Wales, UNSW. I'm going to go with New South Wales. <laughs> University of Technology, Sydney. Ah, oh, fuck. Australia. <laughs> Which award show did Hugh Jackman win for hosting another award show? Tony Awards, Emmy Awards, SAG Awards. What? Wait, say that again. Oh, absolutely. What Which award show did Hugh Jackman win for hosting another award show wait but that's worded so weirdly so like what award did he win for hosting a different award show yes like he hosted this and he won an award for the job he did hosting that well he hosted the tonys so i'm gonna say he won an emmy for it or final answer is a golden globe an option i think a golden globe is an emmy oh really isn't that hold on a golden globe i think you're right actually why do they have to have more than one name that's so confusing that's out of control yeah like enough 
what else has two names? I can't think of, oh, movie theater, cinema. <laughs> right. Bathroom, restroom. Okay, I see. I see it. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll go with that. I'll go with the, okay. the Emmy. <laughs> the Emmy Golden Globe. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the first major theater production to star Hugh Jackman? Oklahoma, the boy from Oz, Carousel. Oklahoma. That is correct. Which animal did Hugh Jackman play on Happy Feet? To be in Happy Feet, right? Penguin, <laughs> lion, elephant. I'm going to say penguin. Weren't they all penguins? They're all penguins. That's yeah. correct. <laughs> Not an elephant in Antarctica. When you think little Happy Feet, you think of elephant. <laughs> <laughs> what? Heavy feet. Heavy feet. <laughs> oh, Lord. Hugh Jackman has had... God, this is so embarrassing. I can't believe this. Cars... Okay, C-A-R-C-I-N-O-M-A-S. Carcinoma. Carcinomas. Okay. <laughs> removed from which part of his body? What the Ear, fuck? nose, or back? He has one of these removed? It's like a skin cancer, isn't it? Carcinoma? I have no idea. I couldn't even say it. I'm going to say back. It was nose. Oh, that sucks. For him and you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of Hugh Jackman's production company? Dark Fire Productions? Red Chili's Entertainment? <laughs> Seed Productions. What was the last one? Seed Productions. I will say the other two have actual like logos and the seed one looks like a pile of seeds. <laughs> so I don't know if that's it. <laughs> what was the first one again? Dark Fire Productions. I guess that. Oh my God. It was it Seed. Was seed. <laughs> <laughs> just piles of seeds <laughs> okay you got a 63 out of 100 so you're pretty aware of you jackman i'm aware <laughs> you're aware i could be better but i am aware i feel comfortable in jumping into this episode with you now oh i'm so thrilled let me have a sip of my kool-aid before we start you drinking kool-aid cracks me the fuck up baby i love these kool-aid squirts you put them in your water and there were two flavors watermelon and blue raspberry that i couldn't find anywhere and i <laughs> ordered them in we they just got here last week so i have every flavor in the cabinet right now you heard it here first mikey loves to squirt i'm a squirter every flavor uh-huh <laughs> i'm an equal opportunity squirter <laughs> it starts with the weirdest vocal line ever because it's like hugh jackman mumbling so you're like turning up the volume like i can't fucking hear because he's like you're like what is he saying like asmr yeah 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 exactly and then the people behind him all of a sudden are like like screaming at you does the boom, boom come before or after that it might be before it's very intense i just can't get the volume at the right level so the first number is <laughs> a nightmare for me it's like too loud too quiet too loud too quiet it did feel very low and personal i know it's a movie but i feel like it was none of our business <laughs> I was like, okay, that's got nothing to do with me. <laughs> and then there's people screaming, so you're like more put off. Right. God. Wait, do you remember what I called the bearded lady? Kalisa Matthews. Kalisa Matthews. <laughs> What's her real name? Kiala Settle. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Some same letters. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day I'm at a drag show and they're like, welcome to the stage. Kalisa Matthews. <laughs> Such a perfect name. And it's me. <laughs> <laughs> 
should. You'd be so fucking good. First number is just kind of this fantasy of what the circus is gonna be. So, you know, we're kind of like brought into his magical circus and all the characters immediately. But then as the song winds down, we realize it was just the dream in baby Barnum's mind. Yes, and he's so sad and poor. He's like little Cosette. Oliver, if you will. <laughs> his fucking dad is the tailor, and his dad is Will Swenson. Not to be confused with Taylor the Latte Boy. <laughs> stupid bitch. <laughs> his dad is Taylor the Latte Boy. He's a boy who worked. No, you can't. I'm going to do a Chris and Chenoweth impersonation. You can't put that in. I feel like I regret it. I started it. I regretted it. I was on board. I was really on board. I really feel confident. It was like that time I did Chewbacca. Like, <sighs> I think I can do things, and then I can hear it and it's, it's time to stop speaking of there's like kind of parallels between this movie and phantom sequel love never dies because oh. it's like carnival so like some of the characters in the circus are kind of similar this is in new york that was also new york coney island i kept thinking oh, the whole shit. time like ooh, crossover okay right? and michelle williams dawson's creek right same universe yeah for sure <laughs> this is our marvel universe <laughs> this is my <laughs> multiverse of madness <laughs> but were you shook to see Mr. Audra McDonald, Will Swenson himself? I didn't realize it was him until you just announced it. I just think he's so talented. But um, I was like, what are you doing here? He's there for like five minutes because he dies very abruptly. But I looked him up because I was just like, you know, looking shit up for the film. Apparently, he has a massive career in Mormon cinema. What does that mean? I know. I had no idea it was a thing. Apparently, there's quite a big market for Mormon films. For Mormons or just movies about Mormons or movies about Mormons for Mormons? I think the last one. Okay. Because I don't think anyone else is really watching them. But I don't think he's a Mormon. Maybe he was raised that way. Well, I think a lot of Jewish people make Christmas movies. That's true, actually. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. That's true. <laughs> Barbara Streisand, probably the best Christmas album of all time. Jingle to jingle to jingle. Stupid. Should we just finish it here? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Also, his father sews. He's a tailor. He's a tailor. Right, right, the right. Latte right. boy. <laughs> right. Right. It's all, right. Okay. okay. And then um, he is fixing up a suit for young charities father. Yeah, they're super rich. Phineas Barnum has to make charity giggle and her father doesn't like that. So it kind of sets up immediately this drama between Phineas Barnum not being good enough for them and loving charity, but, but you know, not being worthy of her. Could you imagine not being able to giggle? What a horrible home. But don't you feel like that's what school was like? You couldn't giggle in school? I was always giggling. <laughs> but did you get like, Mikey is disruptive in class. Like, did you get those reports and shit? No, I would get, thank you for dropping your son at school. His giggles are infectious and oh bring God. joy to the class. Where did you go to school? I was homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> it was your mom writing it. <laughs> <laughs> Another glowy report. <laughs> and your parents are doing a wonderful job at home. <laughs> Low key, I would homeschool my kids. I know it makes you kind of crazy. I feel like school's so important. It's true. Or I would want them to be in like some kind of experimental hippie kind of school where like the kids teach the teachers. Oh my God, like those X-Men kids? Yes, I want them to go there. Charles Xavier's School for Xavier's Gifted. School for the Gifted. Yes. <laughs> he did everything you said. 
Oh my God, X-Men, Hugh Jackman. There's something to it. I just got chills. I love those movies. Same. I'm not a huge superhero movie person, especially now. I'm like, Jesus, there's just too much. But those were so cool. Like all those characters were fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Halle Berry. Kelsey Grammer was the blue... <sighs> guy i forgot that Mm -hmm. i'm like fraser what are you doing fraser (laughs) stop it (laughs) go have a latte (laughs) talk about npr or something sideshow bob what (laughs) (laughs) right That being said, he does have the greatest voice of all time. Love his speaking voice. Oh, smooth. Also, did you see the Frasier reboot that's coming to Paramount Plus is set back in Boston and they think they're going to be visiting a certain bar that I love, aka Cheers. Wait, Frasier is part of the Cheers universe or no? Frasier's a spinoff of Cheers. After Cheers ended, the character Frasier got his own show for another 11 seasons. Wow. That's so successful. That's wild. And now a yeah. reboot? And now he's replaying it for the third time. Good for him. But wait, did he do something problematic or something? Oh, did he? Is there some story with him? Ugh, I feel like everyone lets us down. Uh, maybe there's not. Maybe I just assume. Does he also oppose contraception? <laughs> right. Is he, is he, is, he Barnum? Is he Barnum? <laughs> <laughs> when Barnum died, he's like, I put my soul into Kelsey Grabber. <laughs> Oh, Christ compels me. <laughs> the power of Christ. Oh, God. <laughs> Welcome to the circus. I'm the highest lady in the world. This is the greatest show, podcast show. You know the drill. All right, happy smoke break. Okay, fuck. The dad fucking slaps baby Hugh Jackman across the face when he makes Charity laugh. We move into this song, A Million Dreams, and it's these two little kids dreaming together because they're in love. I always feel like that's kind of a weird trope. I don't know. I don't want you planning your life around someone as a child. Like, have a crush, but don't be like, oh, we're going to spend our whole lives together. Right. So throughout the song, tons of things happen. We get the father dying, baby Barnum is stealing and he's poor and a person comes up to him and gives him an apple and they are different looking. Like, I'm not really sure how to describe their physical appearance. They show him kindness. So it kind of gives us this, oh, he's he's interested in these people that are different because one helped him. Can I go back for one second? Something that we kind of glossed over that I feel like is important later is that they're playing in this abandoned house, abandoned mansion that he goes and buys later for her. But I don't really understand where it is Me is it like is it looks like they go through kind of a fence there's an empty house that they play in i don't i don't know where it is but he gets it for her later and it feels like the house that they move into is far from the father's house later but then in right. the end when he goes to see her at the father's house he has to do this whole like train ride and yeah it's very confusing yeah well am i crazy is that the same house i think I'll be honest, I wasn't that cognizant of that. Okay, I could be crazy. But no, they love that shit in this. Like everything's like this whole big important dream that they made when they were like six. Everything has right. to have this 60 year meaning. Because what also cracks me up, they age them to current day. This whole thing is so is so interesting because it's like a story that would make sense for like a 25 to 30 year old maybe. Hugh Jackman's like 50. They're adults <laughs> now and you know, he's gone away and worked, but now he's going to ask for her hand. So he goes to the father who who is the same actor who they have not aged at all. So now that guy and Hugh Jackman are like the same age. And he's like, I've come to ask for Charity's hand. But it's like, you're 50. It's fine. Go get married. Like they act like they're like ingenue still. It's so 
funny. Oh my god, that is true. I didn't even think of that. Like they don't even try to put like younger or older on the other people. Right. There's nothing. It's just please believe that this timeline makes any sense. And honestly, we're so easy to please if they just put like an, a big gray mustache on the dad. Yeah. I feel like we would have been like, okay, oh, he's older. And then when when he takes Charity away, the father says, she'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Relax. Like, give him a shot. <laughs> and like the next thing, they're married and have a baby. She's about to go into menopause. They have to. Yeah. <laughs> She's not that old. I'm being a dick. It's just crazy. Oh my God. This is still a million dreams. We're still in this first song. All of this stuff happens. There's actually so much plot in this. Oh, there's beautiful dance sequences. I will say like in this number, in the opening, later on when you get all the carnival people, they really commit to having real dance numbers in this and letting it feel like a musical, which I do fucking love and appreciate. I don't like when people swing off roofs though. Like in Mary Poppins, like (laughs) up on the rooftop and they swing them off and they kept swinging her off the roof. I didn't like that. Safety first. (laughs) Yeah, she's pregnant. Stay on the roof. Yeah. Barnum's working a nine to five job. He hates it. He's let go because like the company's going under and he goes home and it's one of his girl's birthdays and he makes them this cool, I don't know how to explain it. It makes all these like beautiful little lights around the room and it's pretty magical. And he has this grand idea to start a circus. And so he goes to get a loan. And he meets that little person. What's his name? Tom? Tom Thumb is, is the character he plays Oh, that's not his name. Well, he meets that guy and he says, what are you looking at? You flop doodle. Flop doodle. Where's my phone? Flop doodle. What does that mean? I don't know. I love it though. What does flop doodle mean? People who are prey to dogmatic flap doodle. What? (laughs) People who are prey to dogmatic flop doodle. It's mid 19th century. (laughs) Oh, a fool is under it too. A fool? Mm-hmm. Okay. They could have just started with that definition. I feel like that would have been better. Yeah, it's down a little. <laughs> <laughs> so Flop Doodle Barnum starts his museum and he kind of has it filled with some eccentricities. He has a guillotine, a stuffed giraffe, but it's a flop. No one cares. It's very like um, Madame Tussauds, yes. Ripley's believe it or not. I love those places. I know they're cheesy tourist traps. I have so much fun in them. I've never been to Ripley's. I've been to Madame Tussauds with my high school girlfriend. Spoiler, <laughs> it didn't work out. <laughs> we should go again. With her? Yeah, we should invite her. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Jamie. Jamie. Like, hey girl, we haven't talked in a long time, but I'm doing a podcast <laughs> with a friend of mine and we're going to go back to the Wax Museum. I know it's our thing. So I wanted to reach out. His daughters are like, you need something real, like a mermaid or a unicorn that's going to amaze people. So Hugh Jackman's like, oh my God, like that guy I met at the- Met- Charles. Charles. Who's Charles. I'm going to find unique people like him. So he, he tracks him down and a few other people. He puts up flyers and these people are like, oh, I know a freak you can meet. And then we get the bearded lady. Kiala Settle, uh, Kalisa Matthews. Matthews to some. What is her name in this actually though? The bearded woman. No, but what's her name name? Oh. Her mother didn't name her the bearded woman. <laughs> oh, her name is Letty Lutz. That's a great name. Oh, was that a real person? I don't think so. It doesn't say. Um, people also ask, why does Kiala Settle have a beard in The Greatest Show? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the plot, bitch. Hey, I'm not <laughs> judging. Just quick question. Why? <laughs> 
You know what my question is? Mm-hmm. Why doesn't she just shave it? They don't have good razors yet. Hugh Jackman is like clean shaven as fuck. Mm. In fact, all the men are. Maybe that's why this character is not real. <laughs> Some of these carnival, some of them you're like, no, this is a stretch. One's just a hot hipster with tattoos. One just has white dreadlocks. Yeah, very hot. <laughs> to be honest, even like one guy has a big birthmark on his face, but he's like the hottest person I've ever oh seen in my, my life. Oh my God. With like a modern haircut too. Yeah. <laughs> There's the beautiful albino lady. There's that beautiful bald black lady that can dance her fucking face off. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm sorry. These are just pretty people. <laughs> There's the one fat guy, but like, I'm sure there were fat people. Like, it's not like- I I think the albino lady is the one I was thinking about with the hair. I didn't there's really another one too, though, because okay. there's a black guy with white hair, white dreads. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of them are hot. Like, wow, really good after them. They're ripped. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's oh, look at those freaks with their 12 packs and their right. cum gutters. <laughs> like, yeah. Ah, oh, this poor guy with cum gutters hung like a horse. Poor guy. Look at this freak. <laughs> I'm in the circus. <laughs> this girl's got nice plump tits. What a freak. <laughs> I love that they let Kiala Settle be sexy as the bearded lady. Mm-hmm. She oh, is yeah. so bodacious and she dances her face off later on. She's so fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Speaking of beautiful, the talent starts pouring in. And that's where we meet starved Casey undercover, <laughs> Zendaya. She's so fucking beautiful. She's good in everything. She's so good in this. Have you seen the Spider-Man movies? I know you're not a superhero, but have you seen those? I actually have. Okay, isn't she good in those? She is, and I ship them so hard. Yeah, thank God. And she does trapeze. Yeah, she does a little bit of everything. She has Lyra, Spanish Web. I wonder if she did all of this because it looks like she's doing it. I wouldn't be surprised. She was Casey undercover for Christ's sake. And she has her brother. Is her brother just like a manager? Does he do anything? Can't remember. I thought they did the trapeze act together. Together? Okay, well, he's there. Gorgeous. We get the tattoo man who's also hot. Just hot people. Dog boy. We have a heavy man whose weight he's lying about and they pat him up. Right, right. And the tall guy, really tall. And they put him on still even once he gets all of these people in his museum which is now kind of turning into a show it's not a flop anymore people are interested there's a bad review in the paper from this critic who kind of becomes a minor character why who is he can you explain it to me i really don't understand anything about this character or why this i kept waiting for this to be like (laughs) oh that's why. Yeah, no, same. I feel like maybe it's just there because it's the manifestation of this whole idea that he's desperate for approval. So like whose approval could he want more than this critic? Okay. Cool. That's the only thing I could think of because I'm just confused by his presence. Okay. Um, And then there's these dicks that keep wanting to start a fight because they're like, ew, freaks, get them out of my town. So they're getting a lot of attention, some good, some bad. Mm-hmm. But he's getting money. He was able to buy that house for her, whether it was the old house or a new house, we don't know, but he bought her a house. They're rich. It was fast. Everything's fast. And then we meet Zac Efron, who is a producer. And a playwright? Did he write the play? Honestly, unclear. <laughs> Waspy rich boy from a well-off family. Barnum wants to team up with him because they're at this fancy junction and and Barnum's family's there and the girls are kind of getting teased because they've been lower class. They're like new money trash to everybody. And Barnum just wants to be a part of this world and accepted and loved by them. So he's like, ooh, I'm going to ride on the coattails of Troy Bolton <laughs> and see what I can do. Right. So he goes to him and is like, I want help selling tickets to help each other. And they have like this kind of this um, tit for tat song where they negotiate if they want to be partners. And it ends up 
up like dancing on a bar. This was fun. I love Zac Efron doing like what we first saw him do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It takes me back. Absolutely. Prop choreo. That's a mainstay of the high school musical oeuvre. I loved him as um, Link Larkin. That was a really good moment for him. I forget about that. I'm so embarrassed, but did we do hairspray? We've not. We've not. I can't believe we've never done hairspray. I know, but I think because it's so good. It's hard to make fun of. The movie though, John Travolta. That's true. Oh, and then he sees Sanjaya and he falls in love. Sanjaya? Oh, Zandaya. <laughs> Sanjaya. Wasn't the guy from American Idol? <laughs> He fell in love with Shanjaya. Where is Shanjaya now? Honestly, would love to have him on the podcast more than anyone else I've ever said before. <laughs> Do you want to know something crazy? When I was in mm. high school, not my high school, you know, you have like the other ones in your area that are like your sister brother schools in a way. So mm. we were high school North and high school East had a cast party for their musical one year. And someone mm. knew Shanjaya and he went. Oh shit. Wait, is his name? Sanjaya or Shanjaya? Sanjaya. <laughs> I'm just making it a whole <laughs> new name. Shangela. <laughs> <laughs> And he went and everyone had photos with him. So you could potentially get him on this podcast. Oh my God. I, I don't think I know any of those people anymore. But like in theory, mm. uh, we have like a six degrees of separation thing going on. Should we try to get Sanjaya and Zac Efron trending? <laughs> Sanjaya and Zac Efron are dating. It's true. Oh my God. Okay. So he sees Zandaya. Zandaya. <laughs> Her name is Anne. Oh, in the movie. <laughs> Why did you look at me like that? I thought I was saying her name wrong. <laughs> I thought you were saying it was Anne Zaya. Zanda. Like, like, I thought it was just, oh my God, you're killing me. Okay, her brother does not like this flirtation going on between her and Zac Efron. Right, 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 right. I feel it. I really like them as a couple as well. Would you rather watch her fuck Zac Efron or her fuck Tom Holland? I want to watch all of them fuck each other, each one. My head would explode. <laughs> if the podcast just stops and you guys never hear from us again, <laughs> it's because Zendaya, Zac Efron, and Tom Holland had a threesome and our heads exploded. <laughs> That's the only way this will ever end, this podcast. <laughs> so if it never ends, that means it never happened. Oh, my God. It's kind of upsetting. Oh, that just like hit my heart a little bit in a way. <laughs> I want to believe. <laughs> this episode has all the feels, highs and lows. Wow. Yeah, extremes. Speaking of extremes, we get an invitation to Buckingham Palace. You ever want to call it Fuckingham? <gasps> no, I will never not. <laughs> Do you think there's a porn like about Buckingham Palace or has to be oh my god and barnum's like we're all going or none of us were going and i can't imagine this was how it really went down okay but they did go see queen victoria i looked it up it did happen and he did take charles and mm -hmm. the queen did remark upon him and and apparently she was like saddened by him oh. yeah well in this one she loves him gets a kick out of him and they all laugh together and have a great time and he sasses her which is great i'm like yeah mm -hmm. Fuck her. She's starving all the people of Ireland right now. <gasps> Roast her, Charles. Is that happening at this time? I think so. Honestly, I love how you always keep us real with these <laughs> depressing facts of history. It's like, don't forget, life is, you know, we all die. Don't <laughs> 
coming for us all. Enjoy this light musical podcast. But remember, the Irish were hungry. <laughs> but that's what's bad about bringing in these real characters. I know. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. This could have been like a magical kingdom with the queen who's fake. And we would have loved this. Yeah. It could have been like two gay queens who were like, <gasps> welcome to our palace. This is Andalasia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Queen Adina Menzel. <laughs> and I'm Queen Adele Dazim. <laughs> we love you, Barnum. <laughs> Okay, now we meet Jenny Lind, who is a famous soprano, but sings an alto song and just belts the whole time. That's so fucking annoying. Like, why even put the soprano line in? Just be like, she's a great singer. It's so bizarre. They're like, here is only her chest voice. And that's not even the girl singing. I love that they had her lip sync, though. Give me a great voice and a great actress. I'm happy to have people lip sync. Lauren Allred, who sang that song, has a massive career now because she sang that song. Oh, I do love that. Mm -hmm. I always get kind of fucked up because I found out the little redhead sister Mary Robert from Sister Act that wasn't her singing and it always kind of bummed me out. But at least it sounded good. You're right. I never thought of it that way. Honestly, I know I say you said depressing facts earlier, but sometimes you really lift me up at the same time. <laughs> you raise me up. I just need it to be good. And I'm all for everyone getting their credit because bitch, I'm obsessed with Rebecca Ferguson who plays Jenny Lind. That bitch is so fierce. Mm -hmm. Dune, Dr. Sleep. I was going to say, what is it? Rose the Hat? Is that her name in it? Oh my God. He's Scary in that. And she's sexy too. She's sexy in this. Barnum gets her to agree to come to New York to sing in his theater. He's trying to kind of up level his career and be more than just the carnival guy. He wants to be higher brow entertainment. And this is real as well. Jenny Lind did perform for Barnum and they did this whole tour together and all this stuff after she had a successful career in Europe. But she was a very cool person. Almost all of the money she she made from her tours in the US, she donated to charity to schools in Sweden. So there's mm. all these schools that exist because of her. Wow. Swedish icon. This movie and like the musical, like really more even so in, in Barnum the musical that they had an affair and there was really no sign of that. No, it doesn't seem like there's proof. Also, she just kind of seems lovely. Also, why doesn't she have a Swedish accent? She does in Barnum. In my high school your production, high school. Get your ass. What did it sound he like? Of high school said they will have an accent. <laughs> also, he runs into his father-in-law, who's the same age as him. Has not aged. <laughs> So she's saying never enough. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Blah, blah, blah. Afterwards, introduces her to Charity's father and then immediately goes into a thing of being like, guess I, I'm still just the Taylor's boy. Like this guy sucks. He's so stuck in his feelings and traumatized from his youth. And it's just like taking it out on everyone. He's projecting. He needs to go to therapy. And Charity's so embarrassed. Everyone should be embarrassed. Also, can I just say, go back for one sec go about never enough. Because mm -hmm. it was actually my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. That there was two really cool moments. The one where you watch Hugh Jackman watching her, and he's like glowing and like grinning like an idiot. <laughs> Michelle Williams watching him watch her. Oh, you can see she's like kind of looking. And then they have Zac Efron and Zandaya, their fingers touch lightly. And then they grab hands and they keep their faces forward. And then they look over and his parents are looking and he snaps the hands away. And he keeps his face forward the whole time. And then she just like walks away. It's so 
heartbreaking. It's powerful. And they're both acting their faces off. Like he keeps his face forward the whole time. It's just so powerful. And, and she acts the shit out of it. And your heart breaks for her. Oh, I loved it. This is one of the things I was like, okay, this is, oh, this is a good movie. Ooh. And then after as well, the carnival crowd, Bearded Lady and all the quote unquote freaks are trying to come in and mingle with the crowd. Like they were a part of this. He, during the show, had them in the standing room only area. And he was like, oh, it's better acoustics. Trash, trash answer. And he's like, oh, you guys can't come in here. It's so upsetting. He's so fucking evil to them. Yeah. He's like, too many people in his capacity. (laughs) But then they're like, fuck you. And they sing, this is me. This is the best song in the whole thing. Do you remember the clip of them in rehearsals with her singing this? And Hugh Jackman was crying behind the table and she's crying. They're holding hands in like a studio. No. Gotta watch it. Okay, that sounds amazing. And it's like just them in rehearsal rooms. It's really kind of raw, but it's everyone's very emotional. It's kind of cool to watch. I love that. Yeah, I mean, she kills this. I love Miss Kiela Settle. Oh, and then there's, I forget what the lyric is, but there's one that it might be This Is Me with Zandaya Turner turns and snaps Zach Efron and sings that to him. And it's like, ooh. She kills it. Okay, so Zach Efron tricks Zandaya. Like, she goes to think she's going to a show, and then he's like, hey, it's actually two tickets, and kind of pressures her to go. I didn't really understand that. She thought she was going alone, or? She thought she was going. And maybe they, I don't understand how he, I don't know. Beforehand, her brother and bearded lady and someone else are sitting there and they're like, oh, don't you have somewhere to be? Like they know what he's doing. Oh, so maybe they helped him be like, she's going to be here. So then he got another ticket. It's a lot of us trying to decipher codes though. I feel like it just should have been right. We shouldn't have to have this discussion to figure out. (laughs) His parents are there and they're gross and racist. She runs away. He stands up for her. But he doesn't stick up for her while she's there. That's what's weird. Why didn't he say that stuff? Why wouldn't they have have him be like, don't go and have them him say all this stuff to them in front of her? That's a really good point. This song is called Rewrite the Stars, but I'd like to rewrite that last scene. <laughs> there. <laughs> There's a lot of strange scenes in this, like strange dialogue. Earlier on, there's like a small storyline with one of the daughters wanting to be a ballerina. And she says to the dad, you know, ballet is not like a circus. You can't just fake it. I was like, well, Zendaya's up there doing aerial arts. You think she's faking it? Right. What the fuck do you mean? I didn't even pick up on that. Oh, there was one where Barnum, when he wants to meet Carlisle, the Zac Efron character, he's like, oh, and they call me a con man. People pay him to sit in a room and listen to his play. He's like hateful towards plays. Barnum would have loved that there was a musical and a musical (laughs) written about him. It's like the perfect punishment, actually. Yeah, maybe that's why people are doing it. Wow. They're like, oh, we're going to make him like a woke musical superhero. It's all about like acceptance. Could you imagine like a group of people who find people who were awful human beings who hate musicals and then write musical about them after they die just to get revenge? Do you think that's what's (laughs) happening anytime there's a musical about a person? Like, does Andrew Lloyd Webber hate Evita? Oh my God. He hates the Starlight Express. (laughs) He hates trains, bitch. (laughs) He thinks they are inferior transportation modes. Oh my god. <laughs> he hates cats, bitch. <laughs> Do you actually hate Alexander Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 
have I told you about my Paul Revere musical I want to write? <laughs> no, tell me everything. I want to write a Hamilton adjacent musical that's about Paul Revere at the same time in Boston. And he's just okay. like trying to get his name off the ground. And he's like, everyone's so fucking obsessed with Hamilton. I fucking, you know, I told everyone the British were coming, like all this shit. So it's just like Paul Revere, the musical. <laughs> oh. There's something there. <laughs> okay. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> I feel like I could do it. Like, imagine there's like a horse puppet. And he rides it into town. He's like, the British are coming. The British are coming. I love it. You could sell big beans in the lobby. <laughs> and chata. How do they say it? Talk the car. And in the sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Ben Affleck stars as Paul Revere. <gasps> who, could, who could be his wife? Rhea Perlman. <laughs> she from Boston. <laughs> no, she was on Cheers and that took place in Boston. So I feel like she is. Rhea Perlman, who was famously in the 13 movie musical, tying it back in. <gasps> You're right. A classic. <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, isn't everyone obsessed with that one? Isn't <laughs> oh, I love the sitting down at home with the classics, Casablanca, Thirteenth <laughs> <13th> Musical. <laughs> I put on my Deborah Messing wig and I just watch the classics. <laughs> it's that time again. Have yourself a little smoke. Have a drink. Have a little treat. You'd be a flop doodle not to. Flop doodle. That means fool. In case you didn't know. My next note says, Charity wants to know when is it enough? What a clear note <laughs> to help me remember what I was thinking about. <laughs> I love that they made that the line as well. Because you have Jenny who literally is like, never enough. And then Charity is like, when is it enough? And it's like, Jenny told you never. Wow. She made it very clear. She literally screamed it to the rafters. Gorelted it. Oh, also, at the end of Rewrite the Stars, which is all like an aerial number that's so fucking beautiful, they kind of decide not to be together. Well, not she kind of walks away from Zac Efron. Of course she did, because she didn't hear him tell off his parents. The first thing he should come in and be like, hey, I just told him to fuck off. I'm really sorry that happened. But he comes in, he's like, Rewrite the Stars. That's so true. And it's like you did stand up for her, so like just say the truth. Right. You could take the boy out of the wildcats, but you can't take the wildcat out of the boy. <laughs> As the old saying goes. <laughs> what team? Okay. So <laughs> So Barnum leaves his family because he has to go on this tour with Jenny Lind. That he's choosing to go on. Right. He could go there for opening night of the tour and then be like, like, oh, I'm going to set you up with management. He takes out like a big loan for this. He's kind of betting his whole life on her tour being successful, which is very weird because he's like a made man at this point. So it's like, when is it enough? When is the money enough? The adventure. Right. Charity starts singing her song, which I think is called Walking a Tightrope. Tightrope. Yeah. First of all, we haven't said enough, but I love Michelle Williams. She is absolutely fabulous. There's no doubt. You know I'm such a Dawson's Creek nut, and she was brilliant on that show, even at such a young age. Oh, I feel like you're having such a Dawson's Creek renaissance moment. I love Dawson's Creek. I think it's brilliant. I think it's a perfect series from beginning. It ends, doesn't go on too long. I've never seen it. Hey, can I tell you? You're not going to watch it, right? Can I tell you something? Well, wait, maybe I'm going to watch it. Wait, are you okay, going to tell me something really important yeah i was gonna say the last episode <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i'm ready to say i'll never watch dawson's creek 
Okay, you're right. I hope you do watch it someday. Is it really long? It's six seasons. That's not terrible. No, and the first season's only 13 because it was like a, they were trying it out kind of thing. The amount of stars that came out of that series as well, like that was a stacked uh, cast. Listen, Mary Beth Peel, who plays Jen's grandmother, is like a Broadway legend. She was in King and I on Broadway, Sunday in the Park with George. Come on, Grandma. The two of them together. They're the reason you watch the show, their relationship. For the Grandma? Yeah. In like the stores, there's like Dawson's Creek shirts and has like the six characters and then Graham's like Graham's oh. is always included when they go to they all leave their town to go to college in Boston and they they all go together to go with them like she <laughs> moves to Boston too because the character was so freaking love that we're like we can't lose this character oh my god they can also be in the Paul Revere musical <gasps> when they're in college okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So anyway, she sounds great in Tightrope. She's had a musical moment. Did she do Cabaret? Gwen Verdon in Fosse Verdon. That's what she did. That's right. And she did do Cabaret on Broadway. Mm. And then Emma Stone was after. Am I yeah. Is that right? I believe it was after, yeah. I feel like she got good reviews. I didn't see her. Good for you. Also, Sally Bowles is like the perfect role for a movie star that's not like singing, singing, singing. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, like that's a good choice. Ooh, also this scene in Tightrope where they have her at the ballet by herself for her daughter and she's clapping for her daughter and then it cuts to him clapping on the side of the stage crazy for Jenny Lind. It's like, ooh, that is painful. Divorce, divorce, babe. Divorce. You know what I mean? And then, and without really any explanation, he's like ending it with her. Barnum's ending it with Jenny Lind and in their relationship. She tells him, wow, look at this amazing review. And then she is kind of putting on these sexy eyes and trying to get close to him. But it's like 30 seconds of interacting. And all of a sudden he's uncomfortable and he decides he has to leave early. And then she says, well, I'm not going to do it. He's like, it'll ruin me. And she said, well, you were careless with me. This is this is what happens when you're careless with someone. And like as though he's offended her so deeply by like not fucking her. Especially when you said that she did all these wonderful things and there's no proof of this relationship but they kind of took this woman who did all these great things and was this good person and turned her into this oh you won't fuck me so I'm gonna do this spiteful thing and like kiss you in front of a news reporter so it goes I mean and she knows his wife and kids like that's cruel. It's so weird that Barnum gets rewritten as a hero and Jenny Lind gets rewritten as this vamp slut that's trying to ruin people's lives. Right. What the fuck? Yeah, but she does sing Never Enough reprise and it's really kind of, it's still good. It's so good. It's sickening because she's just crying the whole time. Yeah. There's nothing better than crying, trying to sing songs. It's like the Lana Del Reyification of theater <laughs> and I love it. It's like everything I love. So much drama. She invites Barnum onto the stage and then while the cameras are flashing, she plants a big kiss on him. You know what confused me though? Later on when they show it in the newspaper, it's like a drawing. It, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look like a photo. Is that what photos <laughs> look like? I don't know. Did someone draw it? <laughs> Did they trace it? I don't know. How does it work? <laughs> I don't know, girl. I thought Sanjaya was in this movie. Don't ask me. <laughs> okay, then these these nasty, nasty men are back and they attack the circus folk. Fight breaks out and then a 
fire breaks out. It escalates. This fight, when Kiala Settle just screams at the top of her lungs like a Viking going into <laughs> battle. <laughs> and the fat guy who has all the padding chest bumps somebody with his big belly and they fly across the room. The energy is very, kill the beast. Yes. Kill the beast. Yes. And they break in and all the things come alive and just start <laughs> using their unique <laughs> abilities to fight the men with pitchforks. You know what I mean? They really all do have superpowers the tall guy threw a man across the room the person with the braids was whipping <laughs> willow willow smith <laughs> <laughs> it's on the soundtrack it's the credits <laughs> Hugh Jackman returns back home just as his fire starting good timing yeah and they're all like wow daddy you're home early what made you come home early he's like it just felt right smoke <laughs> and then a guy is like, literally <laughs> this guy runs by fire it's coming from the circus <laughs> <laughs> Not my circus. <laughs> it's so crazy. So first, Zac Efron comes and he, what's his name? I'm just going to call him Zac Efron. Carlisle. Philip Carlisle. Zac Efron Carlisle. comes and he's like, I got to go get Zendaya's in there. So <laughs> he runs in to get her. And then she comes out and they're like, what? He just went in to get you. And then Hugh Jackman comes and goes, well, I'll get him. And then he goes in to get Zac Efron. Is that right? Yeah. It literally becomes a farce with doors. Like people are running into the fire, out of the fire. I'm like, what is happening? But Zac Efron doesn't come out on his own. Hugh Jackman is carrying him out, saving the fucking day. Wow. And that irritated the fuck out of me. Mm -hmm. And they're like, he's had a lot of smoke and he has to go to the hospital. But it's so funny because then it's that thing where like a day later when they show him waking up, he has like a cut and like a band-aid. <laughs> he was in a burning building with like all this shit falling around him. And she's by his bed like it is serious, like you imagine it would be, but he just looks like you said a band-aid and he's up after that. Yeah. He just needed a little nap. He's like, oh, I fell asleep. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> so she does a little acapella reprise of Rewrite the Stars while she's at his bedside and she thinks he might die. So Barnum is surveying the wreckage and we get this critic man again. Oh God. <laughs> this is when I was like, okay, this is going to make sense right now. Like the his purpose, I honestly thought like he was going to be Bailey, like Barnum and Bailey. Like I that thought- That would have been cool. Oh shit, you thought it was going to be Zac Efron, but it's really this guy. I don't even have any, do you know what this man said? I have nothing about this conversation. <laughs> I was so confused by it. <laughs> well, he was in a few other scenes and every time he kind of has shit to say, he did have something positive to say about the Jenny Lind performance. So he's like very intense about, you know, his critiques. But he said something along the lines of, you know, like, I didn't love your shows. Like, I didn't feel like they were art, but I knew that the people loved them. And then he says, another critic might say it was a celebration of humanity, putting all those different people together and presenting them as equals. But then he says this nice comment, but then he's like, also, I had to put you, you and Jenny Lind on the front page. This drawing that my niece drew. <laughs> <laughs> She's an up and coming artist. <laughs> yeah, so now everybody knows about the kiss. Why wouldn't he have done a little damage control and let Charity know? Especially when he was getting all these good vibes from everybody after going in a burning building to save a guy. I'd be like, yo, by the way, this thing happened. She tricked me. I would have came out of the burning building and been like, yo, I have amnesia. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just remember you're my wife. You were made to be in a soap opera. Thank you. Also, happy anniversary, General Hospital, 60 years. Is it still on? Oh, yeah. Entertainment Weekly just put out a special 60th anniversary People magazine. <laughs> Entertainment Weekly put out a People magazine. I guess People magazine, not Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> I was on board. I was like, yes, they did. I feel like that title just kept, like, it's the same companies. I couldn't, like, <laughs> General Motors, but out of McDonald's. <laughs> Virgin Megastore. <laughs> <laughs> And and just doing exactly what Charity's daddy said she would do. She runs back to her family home. The bank called because they're going to evict us because we're poor again now. He didn't tell her that he risked all of the money on the Jenny Lind tour. And she's like, you know, how dare you? I was always okay with the risk, but we used to do it together. I like can't keep up with are they rich or are they poor? Every five minutes, they're in a new tax bracket. It's so confusing. We're in tax season right now. You know what I don't want to do is like watch a movie about people dealing with their money issues. Once you got rich, wouldn't you like make sure you didn't completely fuck it up? How do how the hell do I pay rent? But this man can't. <laughs> I don't even understand. How am I supposed to feel bad for him? I don't. He's in a bar and he's sad because he lost his wife and his money. Help me, I'm poor. I'm poor. <laughs> And then all his circus friends come together like, and they're like, listen, this is our home. We're a family. We want it back. And then they sing from now on, which just starts with him like teary eyed crying. Oh, and then this inspires him to get his wife back. But what changed in the past day? Just because you're coming back now, it's like, I want you back. You did the same thing yesterday. Like nothing. He just apologized. I lost sight of what was important. Yeah, you did. But that, does that make it right? And, and she didn't see that big musical number. Like she doesn't know like this happened. We just let him get away with everything. It's everything. so bad. I do love this number. I have to say, this is like my favorite dancing moments. Every carnival member is so fucking talented and fabulous. Oh, and in the song as well, Carlisle, Zac Efron wakes up and Anne's there and they like make out and it's great. So when you're talking about Barnum rebuilding his business... I forget how it comes up, but someone's like, don't do that. We should get a tent. Okay, he says something weird. He says, New York real estate is always depreciating. It's a depreciating asset. He says it's a bad idea to buy New York City real estate. Was that ever the case? I don't know. I can't imagine that would ever have been the case in history. Right. But he's like, I'll just get some land down by the docks and a tent. (laughs) And then he does this, but then he's like, also, I'm leaving. (laughs) 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 oh 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 and before this when they talk about rebuilding zach efron there's no money left right and nobody will give loans to barnum anymore but zach efron's like well i was smart with my money even though you fucked me over and now i don't have a trust fund or anything good in my life zach efron has this whole speech where he's like before you i had money and class and a good job and all this stuff but now i have friends like it's kind of the worst (laughs) Um, now I have Sanjaya that tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> but he is like, I can finance this, but we have to be 50-50 partners. 
So then in The Greatest Show, halfway through, Barnum's like, oh, this is yours now. And he gives him the hat. I'm going to go watch my girls grow up. So then Zac Efron has to lead the show, which is right. another job. I don't feel like he agreed to. He, I thought he was like more managerial. And doesn't he, when he signs it over, doesn't he write Bailey? Oh, really? Did I make that up? I don't know. I didn't notice it, but I wasn't. The Bailey thing was not on my mind at all. So I was just like, oh, why would he give him a new name? It was like his middle name. Oh. He signs a bubble something Bailey, I think. Is Zach Efron Bailey? Why wouldn't they have just made Zach Efron's name Bailey? Please hold. Maybe not. Did I make that up? I like it though. It was fucking cool. I feel like you just wanted it to make more sense. I'm going to be honest to you. I don't even remember seeing that in the movie. I just read it on something. <laughs> And when Hugh Jackman leaves to go be with his family, he rides an elephant home to them. This guy sucks. I forgot about that. Like down the street. That poor fucking elephant. And people are like, oh. like <laughs> What happens to that elephant after you get to your stupid ass house? Also, not everyone has been to your circus show. There's got to be some people who are freaking the fuck out when an elephant comes down the fucking street. I don't care if I've seen it. I don't want elephants in the street. Right. I know there's a zoo in Central Park, but if a man came out riding a lion, I would still freak out even though I knew there were lions there. <laughs> <laughs> gotta wrap this up we're so tired (laughs) we're so exhausted we're losing our way with every fucking conversation (laughs) honestly that's that's it that is it that is it it ends so anticlimactically he watches the girls his two girls in a ballet recital one's dancing one is a tree and then he sings quietly the greatest show and then and then it goes dark and then we get a quote from barnum about giving people joy while being the devil i can't believe this huge fucking spectacle ends at this fucking ballet recital how do you feel do you fuck with this movie like i said i'm really torn because there was moments i was really really into it i was really into it before i looked into the actual person the actual person kind of ruined it for me yeah once again if they just took this inspiration and gave us a cool fake character i would probably be obsessed because i think honestly pasik and paul write some amazing songs i will absolutely listen to this music again i don't know if i would re-watch this movie yeah that's true what's your favorite song oh never enough hands down oh ooh. i think i like rewrite the stars good song too no wrong answer okay ready and okay <laughs> the bearded woman paul and the world's largest man but not kill fuck mary who would you rather be one of them you have to be out in public one of them you have to be in the privacy of your home and one of them you become when you're fucking <laughs> what the fuck i'm taking their form yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah. wait and it's bearded lady L- world's largest man and, uh, and the tallest man i want to say maybe the one I would embody when I'm fucking would be the tallest man. Because you know okay. that thing where tall, skinny boys have really big dicks? Keith Davidson. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that might be fun to experience. Okay. What are the other things? One, I have to be in public. And one, I have to be... I would be the fat guy out in public because i loved okay. seeing his ability to boop people with his belly he was a good time 
He was always happy. Yeah. And he was just like a boop with that belly. And that man flew across the room. And if you know me, you know, I fucking hate strangers getting too close to me. So if they got too close in public, I'd be like, boop. And I feel like it with the bearded woman, people would come up to you in the street all the time. Yeah. And like when you are the largest man, like you can defend yourself like yeah. so easily. Boop them out of the way. Get out of here. Yeah. As the bearded woman, like at home, I do tons of grooming at home. So like it would be no big deal. I would just like condition it and, you know. Exactly. Herbal essence. <laughs> you same criteria but your characters are i want to pick like the critic okay <laughs> someone we don't know shit about <laughs> charity's dad and queen victoria okay Wait, will you give me the options again? Sorry. One, you have to embody at, while you're fucking. Okay. One, you are in public. And one, you are in private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what were the choices? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Victoria. The critic. And the charity's dad. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Like old bitches. God, I guess I would want to be the critic in- How do you say that oh, word? Critic? Is this a C at the end? Critic? Critic. <laughs> critic? Yeah. There's no T? Critic? I think so. Jiminy Critic? Yeah, Critic. Critic. There is a T. In the middle. Yeah, Critic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd pick him <laughs> because he is, I think he's an asshole, but like people are trying to impress him in the streets. So I feel like that'll get me like a table in a nice restaurant maybe. Um, that's good. I pick Charity's dad from when I'm home because he's such an asshole and I wouldn't want people to see me out like that. So I'd rather just be an asshole by myself alone in my home. And I would be Queen Victoria in the sheets. You think she fucked? I'm picturing like dominatrix. Wait, Queen Victoria wasn't the, the virgin queen, was she? Oh, shit. Wait, I can't remember which one that was. Oh, no, she had a husband. Okay, that's my final answer. That's cool, man. Thanks. I can see you as royalty. Oh, my God. Have you played a royal person? Have I ever played a royal person? I don't think so. Have you? Princess Winifred in... <gasps> what is that fucking show called? Once Upon a Mattress, yeah. I always want to do that show. Oh my God, that's on Disney Plus with Tracy Ullman. It's actually a cool-ass cast. I would do that. Yeah, let's watch it. It's a fucking good music as well. Okay, well, that's your little tease. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, if, if, Although, listening, if you're... Oh, we have a really exciting one for next week. Next week's going to be so good. Uh-huh. Okay, I love you so much. This was a journey. Lots of highs, lots of lows. <laughs> I'm I'm proud of us for getting through it. And as Sanjaya always says, <laughs> just, just keep chilling. <laughs> High Flying Adored is hosted by us, Mikey and Grace. It's produced by us, Grace and Mikey. Special thanks to Andy Mowat for our kick-ass theme song. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're streaming this on. While you're at it, please follow our Instagram, High Flying Adored. That's flying with no G. Email us at High Flying. Adored podcast at gmail.com. We, we love, love you. you. We love you. Thanks for listening. We love you.